Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hit and run Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Three and two count on Sogard. The pitch by Garrett. Ball four, low and outside. It forces in a run. Peterson hits a line drive, shallow right, base hit. One run is in. Wisdom's going to score the ball, bobbled in right field by Castellanos. Cubs score twice. Clutch two-run single, Jock Peterson. As Chris Bryant hits a bouncer to the hole, base hit left field, another run is in. Cubs lead 6-2. to two. Wasn't that a, a great moment, though, when the crowd was standing and roaring? I genuinely missed yep. that experience at Wrigley the last couple of years. You can't tell me that that doesn't make a major impact on a ball game. It just, I felt it as a player, you feel it as a broadcaster, and you just you couldn't wait to have that happen. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Hi, Chris. Oh, good morning and welcome into Hit and Run. I am Chris Ranji. Uh, Matt Spiegel is out. He's on a vacation. I believe he's in Sedona, Arizona. No, actually, he's doing Cubs baseball today. Matt is in the big chair. Uh, he's got the pregame show at 1245. And uh, Zach and Ron will have the call of the finale of the series with the Cubs this afternoon. They are trying to sweep out those Cincinnati Reds who are not uh, not nearly as good as I thought they might be this season, at least uh, not yet at six games under 500. Tell you who is good, though. Both teams in town. How about that? We've got teams that are well over 500. The Cubs at 29 and 22. They'll have Jake Arrieta pitching today against uh, Tyler Molly. Is it Molly or Molly? Still haven't had it figured out yet. I've heard it 15 different ways. Uh, I'm going to go with Molly because that's what I've been saying since the beginning of the season, and and you can't correct me. Oh, so it's Malley, huh? Yeah, all right, fine. It's it's Tyler Malley. That's his name, whatever. That dude is uh, pitching against the Cubs at Wrigley Field this afternoon, and the White Sox will finish up their series against the Baltimore Orioles. It'll be uh, Lucas Giolito against Aiken today. Uh, here's the phone number to talk to us on Hit and Run this morning. We're with you again until 1245, 312-644-6767. We'd love to uh, have you visit with us here on the show. Um, we expect to have 
a very good time today. You know, we, we um, oh, also text. I'd like for you to text me, too, because there's a, a lot of reason for you to join in the text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. So please uh, talk to me. I want to talk to you. You want to talk to me. We'll have some baseball for the next few hours as we lead into Cubs baseball this afternoon right here on the score. Um, so I, I think the last time we did this, uh, the Cubs were were starting to move their way back up the division. They were starting to play better baseball. And now as we sit here today, it is May 30th. We're right here at the end of the month. Um, they're in pretty good position as we sit here right now. Um, there was a, a, a few hours last night that we had two first-place teams in the city. For about, what, six hours, maybe? Cardinals played late. They ended up uh, winning against the Diamondbacks, who are just miserable this year. By the way, Arizona has 35 losses. They have the most losses in baseball uh, next to the Baltimore Orioles, who happen to be in town on the south side of Chicago today. Uh, So, yeah, uh, Arizona is a miserable team. They're a lot worse than I thought they were going to be. I mean, not that I thought they were going to win that division or be even close to it, but, you know, I thought they could get closer to 500 than they are right now. Um, At any rate, though, here we are. The Cubs are a half game out of first place. The White Sox are, and I don't ever want to say they are comfortably in first place, but you certainly do like to look at the standings and see that they are three games in front of Cleveland right now. They're six and a half in front of the Royals. By the way, you know, I, I know it's still kind of early. We're about a uh, not even quite a third of the way through the season. So there is a ton of baseball left to go. But the Minnesota Twins at 10 games out, they're only a half game in front of the Tigers. Uh, you know, I, part of me just wants to count them out altogether. You know what I mean? You just want to say, all right, that's it. Hey, I don't know what happened to you guys. I thought you were going to be good, but guess we'll see you next year. That might be a dangerous way to look at it, though, because we still have four months of baseball left, and that team should be able to hit its way back into contention. But they are far out now, man. Far out, man. Uh, They are 10 games out of first, and I, I did not think Minnesota would be in the position they're in. They still could go on a run, but you look at them, they are they have a 19, a minus 19 run differential this year. I, I, I did not see that coming. Granted, they are playing better baseball lately. They've won seven of their last 10, but I don't know, maybe I'm a fool, but uh, I, I guess that still could be true. But I, I get the sense, even if I'm right about this, I could be a fool. I just get the feeling Minnesota is not going to be much of a factor as we get deeper into the season. And and again, I know we are only about 50-plus games. Uh, some teams have played 50. Some have played 51. We've got some teams at like 49. Um, I just, I, I don't know, man. There, there's a lot about them that I don't know they can get it together in time. They can maybe, by the end of the season, make it uncomfortable. And, and uh, you know, just because they're the Twins... I, I kind of assume that's going to happen, but I don't think they're going to factor into the uh, the final product here. I don't think they're going to win the division this season. It's just it, it they've got too much ground to make up. There is a lot of time, 
but they would have to play some magnificent baseball the rest of the way. And, and not that that is undoable. It certainly is. We've seen teams do it. We've seen the Oakland A's do it. We've seen the Colorado Rockies do it, where they just play absurd baseball through the end of the year and find their way into the postseason. I just don't know if that Minnesota Twins team is going to have enough, which should make the job for the White Sox a little easier. Ain't going to be easy with all the injuries they've had to deal with, but it should make things just a little bit easier. Here's what we have on the show today. And uh, I think we have a, a, a good list, a good guest lineup. Uh, first of all, Sean Anderson is producing the show today. Hello, Sean. Uh, Jim Margalis of Sox Machine, he is the editor-in-chief of that, is going to join us at 10 o'clock. An old friend, Mark Gonzalez. You remember Mark. Uh, Gonzo used to cover both the White Sox and the Cubs in his career for the Chicago Tribune. He does no longer work for that publication, but now he's back with the Daily Herald. And Gonzo will join us at 11. I'm looking forward to talking to him. Have have not uh, talked baseball with him on the air in a very long time. Looking forward to having Gonzo on. And then at noon, Russell Dorsey, he is the Cubs beat writer for the Sun-Times, is going to visit with us. You've got the phone number to text and to call. We hope you do that today because there's a lot going on in town. You've got two teams that are right at the top of the division. This is This is good baseball. This is really good baseball right now. The Cubs are starting to play, and well, I shouldn't say starting, they have been playing really good ball now for the last several weeks. And I know a lot of people going into the season thought, there's just no chance with this team. This this team isn't going to be very good. And look, I know we are not yet exactly a third of the way through the season, but we are approaching that. I did say this. I, I said this earlier. Uh, and I said this before the season started, and I could be proven right. I feel like as of right now, I'm, I'm, I might be. Uh, I said that I thought the Cubs were going to be better than people think. So this is me being right about something for once, at least, you know, one third of the way through the season. I'm, I'm not. And now your host, Chris Ranji. It is not Chris Ranji. Ted Farmer alongside Darren Jackson from Progressive Field in Cleveland as Chris Ranji is on uh, other duties right now. Yeah, I was late to work. <laughs> Those were my other duties. Do we have to keep revisiting this, Sean? Yes, because you were getting yeah. way too big of a head right there. You were like, I'm right about the Cubs. <laughs> so I just need to remind you that you were late for work one time. I did. Yeah, I was late to work. Man, that was rough. And and you know what? I slept through a couple of alarms today. Even I don't know what I don't know what happened. I don't know. I, and and it is it's it, this is the first time this has happened to me in uh, well since then <laughs> since since that moment you just heard, which was probably 2012 or 2013. It was uh, somewhere in there. And um, I I looked at my phone when I got up today. And I, I didn't know your phone did this for you because this never happens to me. It says uh, you slept through two alarms or uh, wait, you missed two alarms. And I went, what? How did I do that? I never do that. Um, but, you know, we, we're fine. Everything's fine. But that day, if you haven't heard that story, uh, the White Sox played, I think, uh, I want to say they played Minnesota that day. And you know how sometimes 
these stupid teams uh, play Farmers said they were in Cleveland, so I assume they're was it Cleveland? in Cleveland. Yeah. Okay, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland does it too, where they play these 11 a.m. Um, well, I guess it would be... Well, Cleveland's East Coast, right? Yeah, I think Cleveland's East Coast. So they're playing a, you know, a noon start time. Okay, fine. That's that's fine. Um, and it's 11 o'clock our time. Pre-game shows at 10.30. And I woke up that day at like 7... 7.05, something like that, and I looked at my phone, and I'm like, you know what? I I could use a little bit more. I'm going I'm to get like another 20 minutes in. And so I reset the alarm, and I put it back down, and I went to sleep. Now, the pregame show is at 10.30. Um, the next time I woke up and looked at the phone, it was 10.26. And I went, oh, God! Oh, no, I'm way late! Oh, this is terrible. Uh, yeah, I did make it in, and then... <laughs> And then Farmio, uh, Chris Rodney's on other duties. No, Farmer, I was late to work. But thanks for the cover. Totally appreciate it. It was really super nice of you. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I was right about the Cubs. <laughs> at least at least uh, up until May 30th. They're challenging for the division. They're challenging for the division. This is, this is really good news. And, I, I, you know, I know that things can happen for teams you know, like in the month of April, where they play pretty well. The Kansas City Royals are a perfect example of this. A team that looked like, oh my gosh, they're going to be good this year. Nope, they're not. They're not going to be good. They had a good like month of the season. They had a good start to the season, and then they became who we thought they were. So I don't think the Cubs are that. I think they're better than that. And the main reason I felt that way about them is they have a solid core in the middle of that lineup that maybe had not been producing the way you expected them to produce the last season or two leading in. But you give those guys time to stick together, and here we are. They're actually playing really well. This is a, this is a good t- I don't think they're a great team. They certainly have flaws. But I think they're a good team, and especially in that division, in the National League Central, there is an opportunity for them to win it. There's a there's a good opportunity for them to win it. I know the Cardinals are pretty good. I don't think they're great, and I think they're certainly beatable. And right now, as we sit here, the Cubs have the best run differential in the division, and by a lot. They're at plus 31 right now. You know the second best team? Yeah, it's the Cardinals. Do you know how far back they are? About 20 runs. They're at plus 12. Everybody else in the division is an under. The opponent today, the Reds, they're a minus 30 in the run differential. It's not a very good division. But the Cubs now having won six straight games are trying to sweep a series against those Reds today. Meanwhile, the White Sox on the south side of town, they are looking to sweep their series against Baltimore. This is, look, and I I said this before when we did Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe it was three weeks ago, and there was that, uh, you know, that those, those rare weekends you get through the summer where both teams are in town at the same time. You know, Cubs are playing at Wrigley, Sox are playing at, at uh, guaranteed rate. 
and you could do double headers maybe sometimes if they're not playing at the same time. You could go catch a day game and then you know travel down the red line and then get to the other ballpark and and watch a night game. Um, this is one of those rare weekends where you get both teams at the same time, and I think it's great. I, I love these weekends. And for to, for this weekend to be happening with both teams in the city, with capacity up to 60% in the ballparks, people are in the buildings. The buildings feel alive again. It's And both teams are at the top of their divisions. Cubs are close. They're a half game out. They're not in first place, but they're close. They're right at the top, and they are competing. This is a really good time in Chicago baseball for both sides of town, and it's been a while. It's been a while since you can say that, and I don't know how much longer this will continue, but I do think the Cubs are better than a lot of people thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Do they have their issues? Yes. So do the Sox, though, too. Both teams, and I don't think that you could point to a team in baseball that doesn't have issues. So it does lead us to a really interesting uh, dynamic the Cubs have right now, or um, what's going to happen for them moving forward. There is so much uncertainty for a team that is playing the way it's playing right now. Has this six-game winning streak, and has have the last couple of weeks, three weeks of Cubs baseball, this maybe the entire month of May, has this changed your mind about what they should do when the trade deadline comes up? And we're a couple of months away from that still, but this is a team that has some uh, really important players. And, and this isn't anything I need to tell you. If you've been following the team, if you're a Cubs fan, you know. You know the situation. You know about Chris Bryant. You know about Javi Baez. You know about Anthony Rizzo. You know about guys that are going to be free agents and free agents pretty soon here. So their futures with the team are all up in the air. Does the way this Cubs team, the way they have performed so far, and in particular this month, and have gotten themselves in contention in the division, does that change for you what you think they should do at the deadline? Again, it's a long way off. Still a couple of months away. But for people who thought maybe this would be the time to move some parts, get something in return, try to build up for the future again, you got to be thinking a little bit differently now, don't you? Or do you still want to do it? Or have you always wanted them to keep those players for the next several years anyway? May not be realistic to keep all of them, but this kind of has to change the calculus, doesn't it? Of what you do with your star players. The way they're playing in the division, the fact the division is winnable, that has to change a lot of things for a lot of different people. And it does for me. Actually, maybe it doesn't because I, I did, again, I thought this team would be decent. And I think they should hang on to their players. And I think they should ride this out. It is difficult to be a playoff contending team. It is difficult to win a division. Some divisions are easier than others, and the NL Central is proving that this season. But when you have an opportunity and you have a special core of players, I want the Cubs to ride this out. I want them to keep pushing. 
And I want him to even consider adding at the trade deadline when it does come up. And yeah, the caveat is we've got some time until we get there. But you got to think about it. You have to keep it in mind because it's a reality they're going to have to face here over the next several weeks. What do you think about them and what they need and what they should do? Or do you want to ride this out for, you know, another couple of weeks and maybe make a decision then? 312-644-6767 is the phone number. I would... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Love to hear from you today. As I told you, Jim Margalis, Mark Gonzalez, Russell Dorsey, all going to join us on Hit and Run this morning. We're broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I'm Chris Ranji. Uh, Tell me what you think. And we're going to talk a lot of White Sox baseball today as well, right here on The Score. Yeah, I think I talked about that the other day, just of how well these guys have fit in. I think it's a, a credit to the culture that that is here and those guys have created in that clubhouse. Uh, the veterans welcoming, uh, whether you're young or new or, um, you know, a, a veteran guy that's been up and down with other organizations <clears throat> and had some some time uh, under your belt. These guys have come in and um, they really root hard. If you could hear the dugout. Uh, cheer for the these guys that have come up and are contributing and and the, the bats that the guys like Rafi and Wiz and um you know Martini are having and and they they pull hard Higgy they're pulling hard for these guys and and I think that's a sign of a, a really good group group of guys well that's David Ross. As the Cubs are playing good ball and they're having to do it without some of their better players. Uh, David Bodie, by the way, injuring his shoulder over the weekend, and that that didn't look good. Uh, he slides past the bag. It looks like he, I guess, it looked like it stretched out a little bit, and you could tell he was in pain because he slid past the bag, and he he couldn't even bother to reach back for it. With his arm, and I mean, he was in some serious pain. So, hopefully, with a separated shoulder, uh, at least that's what they called it after the game. Hopefully, he's able to get back and contribute fairly soon, and it doesn't turn into a long-term thing. And when he is able to get back, that the uh, you know that that shoulder isn't lingering or bothering him to the point where it, it it hurts any sort of production. But this is a team that's had a lot of injuries to deal with, and they've had a lot of 
hamstring in. They got four hamstring injuries right now on their team, which is a lot. The White Sox have a few too. Uh, Adam Engel, I mean, his injury is a hamstring injury. Hamstring injuries, for whatever reason, in 2021 have been a problem in baseball, probably more so than we've seen in the past. And I know there's speculation that it has something to do with last season and, um, you know, getting amped up in spring training and then having to shut it completely down and then waiting a couple of months before the season to restart, I guess three months, and then you finally get going and then, you know, you play 60 games uh, through all of that. I, and, and I don't know. I'm, I have no idea why that is happening, but there are a ton of hamstring injuries in baseball this year, and we've got quite a few here in Chicago on both sides of town. Hayward and Horner and Justin Steele and Marisnik and all those guys are dealing with um, hamstring stuff, and there's no timetable for any of them to come back, as far as I know, unless something has changed in the last day. Um, it's going to be some time um, before they get back out there, and that's it's unfortunate. But the Cubs have dealt with injuries. The Sox certainly have dealt with their fair share of injuries as well. I'm Chris Ranji. I'm in for Spiegel. He's got um, Cubs baseball today. He's going to be on the pre- and post-game show, and then um, it'll be Zach and Ron on the call today from Wrigley Field. You've got the phone number to check in, 312-644-6767. I know it's only May 30th, but I, I, my feeling now, keep this going if you're the Cubs. I know the, I know the instinct is some of your players, some of your best players are going to be coming up for free agency at the end of the season, so get what you can for them while you can. And I know a lot of people like that rebuilding model. I just I, I don't want them to do that. I want them to ride this thing out, and I want them to see if they can even work out long-term deals. For Well, they should for at least one of them, and probably all of them if you think about it. I think any team could keep its star players if they really wanted to. That's probably not going to happen, but for a team that's only a half game out of first place, if things stay like this for the next four weeks or so, I don't want them to... I don't want them to, and it's not going to be a full teardown, but I don't, I don't want them to part with any of their core players. I want them to write it out and see if they can win this division because winning a division is difficult. And if you win the division this year, you're probably going to have a pretty good chance when the playoffs roll around because there just aren't, with the exception of, I mean, the Padres are really good. I still think the Dodgers, they've been underwhelming compared to what they should be, but they are still a really good team. But I think in a short series, you've got an opportunity against just about any team you play in the National League. So I I think you go for it. If you're the Cubs, I think you go for it. Maybe things change over the next few weeks, but I'd like to ride this thing out. How do you feel about it? Let's talk to Richard in Andersonville on the score. Hello, Richard. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You got it. Um, my feelings really haven't changed. I always felt that if the Cubs were, you know, within striking distance, maybe they're in first place or maybe they're a few games out uh, by the trade deadline, you have to go for it. You have to keep your players and, and maybe even be buyers because reaching the playoffs is so hard to do in Major League Baseball that you have to take advantage of every opportunity that presents itself. And, you know, just look at the White Sox. 
I mean, you could have a great team on paper with a load of talent, be expected to win your, you know, win your division, maybe even go all the way, and then you get injuries. So there's no guarantee that if they were to trade Chris Bryant or Baez or Contreras or Rizzo, that they would get anybody good in return. And even if they did, they could be saddled with injuries next year. So you have to go for it anytime you have a chance. I'll hang up and listen to your response. All right, Richard, I appreciate it. Uh, I totally agree with you, and I, I think I, I pretty much said that. I think they should do this, and, and one of the reasons is nowadays, and especially after COVID, I mean, it was kind of like this before the COVID season where teams were uh, talking about how much revenue they lost. And, and it's important, by the way, just the sidebar, when teams talk about revenue lost, that doesn't mean they lost money. It doesn't mean they lost money they had. It means they didn't make as much as they thought they were going to make in 2020. And there's an important distinction, you know, because I think for a lot of people, it sounds like, oh, they had $500 million in the bank. And then after COVID, they have $400 million in the bank. So they lost a hundred mil. That's not really, that's not really it. What happened was they just didn't make the revenue they were expecting to make in a normal season. So there are revenue losses that teams have all had to endure. They just didn't make as much money as they wanted. But there there is still money there. And the way this team is, there's money there for a lot of these teams, even the ones who say they're broke. You know, even if you're Tampa Bay, there, there's there's still money there. You could do things if you really wanted to. One of the main reasons I think the Cubs are probably or should hang on to their players is with the environment the way it is over the last couple of years and especially after COVID, teams are just not willing, even though they could, they're just not willing to part with higher level prospects for players that are um, approaching free agency. So if you did want to trade Chris Bryant with his 1,000 OPS, if you did want to do that, even though it's Chris Bryant, I'm not sure how many teams are going to help you restock your farm system by trading him, a great player, to them because they don't want to give up their prospects for a guy who's going to be around for two or three months. They just don't want to give up those guys, especially now, especially now with teams talking about their losses because they want to keep their payrolls as cheap as possible and young talent. There's nothing cheaper than that, nothing cheaper than prospect talent. And they're not going to give you their high level prospect talent, even for a great player like Chris Bryant. And Raji, the last two trades that I can think of that involved like high, high prospects were was the Mets trade with the Mariners, where the Mets took on Robinson Cano's horrible contract and Edwin mm-hmm. Diaz's, you know, bad closing. Uh, he's, a, he's a bad closer. Um, and then getting Jared Kellenick, who right now is the Mariners best player already at 22 and then the Quintana trade where the Sox get Eloy and Cease and Quintana's now at the Angels and and Quintana was was a guy too with extra years of of control even too and and that seems like even way too high of a price to pay even with that control that 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 is the key right there if Bryant or Baez or Rizzo were under contract for another year or two after this completely different story now you're t- now you're talking about the higher level prospects being in play. 
they're just not going to be in play now for guys who are not under contract. Teams want certainty. So if a team is going to trade for Bryant, they're going to want to know he'll be around for another couple of years after this year before they give you their really good prospects. But it just isn't going to happen otherwise. Even with the Paul Goldschmidt deal, uh, if I remember right, he had one more year on his contract, or was it two? I, I, I can't recall, but it was it was at least one full season. So if you're the you're the Cardinals in that situation, and I know the Cardinals did end up re-signing him, which which leads me to believe that it was a one year left on the deal, but it was a full season because they made that trade in the winter. If you're going to make a deal in June for a player like Bryant who has on his contract three months left, well, I, I don't know what you think you're going to, you know, you're not giving up your best part. You're not giving up a Jared Kelnick for Chris Bryant for a couple of months. Teams might have been willing to do it in the past. They've been less willing to do it over the last few years. They're even less willing now after COVID to do that. After all the losses they say they suffered in the past 12 months, no chance. So, that in itself might be the best argument for retaining your players. Because what are you going to get that's better? You know, and I know I know, even the best prospects even are not certainties. So there's a danger in trading anyway for a top-of-the-line, top-15 pick pedigree talent because there's not a guarantee that talent's going to pan out. But now if you're trading for a talent that is mid-tier or even the lower part of the upper tier, there's an even bigger risk in, uh, involved there. So if, if, I'm, if, if I'm the Cubs, I'm not willing to part for any of these guys unless I am getting premium young talent in return, and I just I don't know that you're going to get that as good as Bryant is, as good and as important as Anthony Rizzo is. And Javier Baez has a lot of fluctuation, but he's still, I mean, he's one of the most talented players in baseball. Even with those guys being what they are, I just don't know what you get in return. And I I don't think, I think it's a disappointing return. So as we sit here now, unless things change dramatically for the Cubs, over the next couple of months um, or the next several weeks, leading up to the deadline, I think they're probably going to hang on to all three of them. And I think it's just more likely in the offseason, if anything, that they lose one or two of those players. I, I just, right now, I can't envision a situation in which all three are totally gone from the 2022 roster. I just don't think that happens. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can't see that happening. I, I think at least one of them comes back next year. But what we're talking about now is do you hang on to them, all of them, for the 2021 season? And I think the answer is yes. If the Cubs are still where they are now, if they're still half game out, game out, couple of games out, still in striking distance of the the division lead, knowing the Cardinals have their own issues, you go for it. And maybe you even, like Richard said, you consider adding at the deadline. See what you need at the deadline. Maybe if these injuries persist, maybe you need another bat. Uh, Maybe you end up needing some rotation help. 
I, I can't see at this point them trading for a starting pitcher. They could use one. I just I don't I don't I don't know if they'll expend the resources to make that happen. But I would be more along the lines of if you had to pick between buying and selling, and there's a third option, which is just standing pat. But if you had to buy or sell, I'd be more inclined to buy if I'm the Cubs right now, even if it's a small buy. You know, even if it's just a, a reliever, middle relief guy to to help you get through to the ninth inning. Because your, your, your back end of your bullpen's looking pretty good right now. You know, Kimbrell's looking better. Than he, than he has since he got to Chicago. So you're in pretty good shape there. But it, it, but any contending team could use some added relief help. I just can't envision it. I, I cannot wrap my head around the possibility this team trades any of those big three core players. I just I cannot see that happening. 312-644-6767 is the phone number here on the score. Um, something very interesting happened over this past week in a game that involved one of our Chicago teams. And I think that it might lead to greater change or one specific change in baseball that would be fairly significant. We'll talk about that next. I'm Chris Ranji. This is Hit and Run on the score. Good new pitcher in the ball game. It is Giovanni Gallegos. On for the 23rd time, and he's been pretty spotless. And now, you know what? Joe West was looking at something maybe on the glove of Gallegos. Mike Schultz coming back. And maybe it's the bill of his cap, and he throws out Schultz. Schultz leaving. Joe West broke the record yesterday for most games umpired. Now he's adding to his ejection total. Schultz is irate. Now why managers take their hats off is when they want to get in the face of the umpire, they don't want to hit him in the bill of his cap. So what he's saying is, look, that's nothing more than trying to get a grip. And I think maybe he's telling him to change gloves or change hats. Gallego's getting a different hat. Yeah, it's a hat. It's the could very well be something on the bill of the cap. Who knows? White Sox and Cardinals this past week, and uh, that was the call, Jason and Steve, on NBC Sports Chicago. Cardinals reliever Giovanni Gallegos coming into a ball game um, as the relief pitcher, as relievers do. And the umpires came over to talk to him. And I got a lot of mixed emotions about the, the the actual event there because it involved Joe West. And by the way, sidebar, I know Joe broke this record of games umpired, and now he, he has umpired the most games ever. Um, I don't care. I just, I just don't care. And I, I certainly don't care enough for the national broadcast on Sunday to uh, spend a dozen minutes praising the dude. Like, I'd, umpires, are sh- they should be invisible. Go out there, call balls and strikes, do it fairly, do it well, and go home, and let's not ever see you again. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what umpires should do. And um, that's a guy who inserts himself into the play, into the game far too often. So here's where my mixed emotions are. 
So uh, a sidebar again to the national broadcast. We don't need a full half inning of Joe West praise ever again. And I know we're not going to get it ever again, but just, you know, don't do it again for any umpire. We don't care. Don't care. Just, <laughs> sorry. I know it sounds crude and it sounds rude to say this about uh, a person trying to do his job, but I, I just don't care. Does anybody really care about Joe West breaking a record? I mean, they spent I, I'm not, a dozen minutes and then the inning ended and they came back the next half inning and started talking about him some more. Why are we talking about Joe West? Who cares? He's the worst. He should have retired five years ago. Whatever. Okay, now let's move on. Who so the here's why I have Nick. Thank you. Thank you, Sports Pope. Nobody cares about Joe West. Um, except maybe his family. And even then. So I have mixed emotions about that entire situation because I'm watching it, and here he comes strolling out to the mound. And I'm thinking, okay, great. Here we go with this guy. He's trying to insert himself into the game again. He's trying to make a spectacle, put on a show. What's Oh, he's checking a guy's hat. Okay, great. Here we go. I'm wondering, though, and, and basically what happened was there was a, it looked like there, was, there were spots or something on Giovanni Gallego's hat, and the umpires, and it was actually Dan Bellino who brought it up to the rest of the crew, that there's something on the cap, and they should probably do something about it. And... Um, they asked him to change hats. I will give them credit in this. They could have ejected him and really made themselves part of the game, but they just said, hey, change your hat, which, cool, that's good. But Mike Schilt came out, Cardinals manager, and he was hot. And the reason he was so upset, well, let's let him tell you exactly what made him angry. Is this number one or two? Oh, this is number one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So now let's get to the genesis of this conversation. And this is the part that um, is the – Major League Baseball has got a very, very, very tough position here because there are people that are effectively and not even trying to hide, essentially flipping the bird at the league with how they're cheating in this game with – concocted substances. There are players that have been monetized for it. There are players that are obviously doing it, going to their glove. There's clear video of it. You can tell the pitchers that are doing it because they don't want to go to their their mouth, which Geo does off the rubber. And understandably, and I know comfortably, Major League Baseball is, is trying their best to do it in a manner that doesn't create any black eye for the integrity of the game that we love. But speaking of integrity, how about the integrity of the guys that are doing it clean? How about the guys that are pitching their tails off in Major League Baseball and doing it clean that have an unfair competitive advantage for the guys that are clearly loading up with concoctions that they actually advertise, don't do anything to hide, even in plain view, that's the guys I'm speaking for. I'm speaking up for the hitters that have a living to make facing stuff that's already really, really good. And you can see, based on spin rates, how guys' careers are jumping off the charts. And then you can do cause and effect. Now, I don't want to be, look, is our house 100% clean? I certainly hope so. 
Am I creating more of an opportunity? Because I just spoke to our pitchers. Am I creating more of a, 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 I mean, awareness to our group? Potentially. But let's go check the guys that are sitting there going their glove every day with filthy stuff coming out, not some guy before he's even stepped on the mound with a spot on his hat. That's how you want to start policing this? And unfortunately, that's how this is going to start. Now, maybe this is a crescendo for things to come. But can I tell you 100% that all our guys are 100% clean with nothing, you know, other than some sunscreen and some rosin, which the hitters don't mind, by the way, because they want the grip, which is why we don't want the guys getting, you know, hitting various spots with, with big arms. Hitters don't mind the grip. They don't want the stuff that's making the ball do wiffle ball stuff. And that's the issue at hand here. So you want to police some sunscreen and rosin? Go ahead. Get every single person in this league. Hit by pitches will just continue to go up. Balls will get away. But why don't you start with the guys that are cheating with some stuff that are really imp- impacting the game and impacting how people play this game. And that's the, that's the integrity of the game I'll speak up for. Popular, I really don't care. It's accurate. That's Mike Schilt, manager of the Cardinals, and he was hot. Um, he got ejected in that moment. They let the player stay, which um, I, I think in that regard, the umpires probably did the right thing. But he brings up a point that's really important here. And it's important in the sense that we have talked so much about the game of baseball offense being down. Some of the pitchers and somebody uh, a couple of days ago, there was a Dodgers reliever that, and I don't remember who it was, it was in eighth inning of a game. Was it was it him that threw that pitch and it just it it, it made um, the slider. Uh, it, yeah, mm-hmm. and and it just like the break on it did look like a wiffle ball. And there are so many guys in baseball that throw pitches like that now. It used to be very rare where you'd have that incredible stupid break and you're like, wow, what is that? Okay, good luck hitters. But when guys around the league are able to throw pitches like that. And I, and I brought up that specific pitch because it, it you know, not that it went viral, but it was being shared a lot if you follow on social media. And it just, it's unhittable. And there are so many guys who are doing it, and the way they're getting away with it, or the way they're able to do it, is these sticky substances they are able to use. It isn't rosin, it isn't sunscreen, and as you heard Schilt say, that's the stuff that hitters are okay with. Like, they want pitchers to have some grip because they don't want these 98-mile-an-hour pitches getting away and then hitting them in the head. So they want there to be some grip, some control with the baseball. That's okay. But there's this stuff. There, there, There's this thing where they will take Coca-Cola and they will boil it down to get to the syrup, and then they'll, they'll put it on their glove and they'll use it as this extra uh, grip that, like, like added grip that gives you more RPMs on the spin rate, which makes the ball do stuff like that. And a substance called spider tack, which is, uh, by the way, spider tack was used in strongman competitions. You know when they hold those huge boulders? Like they put spider tack on their arms. The, the, the world's strongest man competition where they have to carry this boulder and move it however many feet. Um, they're putting the spider tack on to, to have grip on the stone so they don't drop it. Like this is what pitchers are using to get these uh, to get the added spin rate and to make the ball do stuff like that. And the reason it's a problem is offense is down around the game, and we're trying so many different things in baseball to get more offense, less you know fewer strikeouts, 
more contact, more balls in play. They want to keep the power. They want to keep the home runs. They want to keep the extra base hits. But they want to cut down on the strikeouts because there are more strikeouts than hits this year. It's just it's absurd what's happening in the game. And Schilt is right about this, that it's around baseball. And maybe that moment in the game, and I, and I, and as I said to start the segment, I hated Joe West making himself part of the story again because he loves to do stuff like that. He loves the attention. But what if Joe West, by doing that, sets in motion a chain of events where maybe this spider tack or this boiled-down Coca-Cola substance they use gets banned from the game for good, like seriously policed and banned from the game. And then there does create more offense in baseball. What if Joe West actually did something good? Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm be able to wrap my brain around it. What if he's the Mike Fires of umpires? You know, he's the, he's the guy who, who uh, you know, rings the alarm bells about a thing that's happening, and the next thing you know, there's a huge scandal and it's all fixed. I'm talking about the Houston Astros. Um, what, if, what if he does that? What, what if Joe West actually does something useful? But it is a thing they have to get out of the game. And maybe that event this past week and Schilt being so open about it, and he's prob- I don't think he's been fined yet as far as I know, but maybe that sets in motion. And then Joe West uh, making a spectacle of it, maybe that sets in motion an actual positive change in baseball. Because I love seeing that that wiffle ball stuff every now and then. But when you have these relievers that are throwing stuff like that, come on. Something has to change in baseball. Let's talk some White Sox. What do you say? Jim Margulis of Sox Machine. He is the editor-in-chief. He's going to join us next. I'm Chris Ranji. This is Hit and Run on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. <laughs> 